Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Today, I'm going to be talking about three tips for repairing breaks in attachment. But before I get to that, I have some exciting news I want to share about a collaboration I'm doing with three other amazing moms so we can all start the new year right. It's the Tackling Mom Stress 5-Day Challenge. Let me ask you some questions. Are you dreading the chaos of the holiday season? Are you ready for the holidays to be over already? What if you could leave the holiday stress behind and create a better new year in just 15 minutes a day? Join us to learn how to make time for self-care, take simple steps to reset your budget, connect with your kiddos even when you're stressed, and be happy for real. If you're interested in making your new year start right, you're in the right place. We've all been there today and we can help in just 15 minutes a day. This is a free tackling mom stress five day email challenge. So join the free challenge and I will have that linked in the show notes. Helping moms create a better new year after the chaos of the holiday season. It will be running from Monday, December 26th through Friday, December 30th. Stacy from Bold and Daring Moms will be addressing three reasons why moms struggle to make time to care for themselves and simple steps to change that. Shelly from Make Happiness Happen will share three tips to stop faking it and be happy for real. Megan from Frugal Made Simple will be sharing three things you can do today to help improve your budget all year. And Kathleen, yours truly from Trauma-Informed Parenting, I will be sharing three steps to keep connecting with your kiddos even when you're stressed. So like I said, I will link that in the show notes so that you can sign up for that exciting challenge. It's going to be so much fun and so many good tips from just a bunch of moms just like you. We've been there. And just a heads up also, I know here I am talking about after the holidays, after the holidays. 
the Advent challenge that I have been talking about on the podcast for probably a month and a half, the seven-day Advent challenge that is delivered via email is still open, but this is the last week that you can sign up because Advent starts on November 27th. And I will also link that in the show notes if you've never heard anything about it. It is all based on my book, 25 Days of Thriving Through Christmas, an Advent devotional, and it has a tip a day and a biblical application a day. And if you sign up for the free challenge, you get a free chapter, which is a week, and you get the videos that go along with that and a tip a day to help you thrive this holiday season. Okay, on to the topic. Like I said, three tips for repairing breaks in attachment. Now, you might wonder why if you've just tuned in, you've never listened, and you're thinking, okay, it's the getting towards the end of November, and we're thinking about Thanksgiving and the holidays. Why are you talking about attachment? I said last week on the podcast, during the holidays, we are triggered. If we've had trauma whether it's just little T traumas or big, treat, big T traumas, we've all had trauma, I'll just put it that way, to varying degrees, some of us less. But the holiday season is one of those times when we are triggered more than any other time. People suffer from depression more than any other time. And often we're just suffering from the change in the season. There are less daylight hours, and there's more dark and there's a lot, you know, like right here today, it is, there's beautiful snow on the ground, but it is very cloudy and gray otherwise. So that can affect our mental, emotional state. So that's why I wanted to talk about attachment because we may have had, and our kiddos too, may have had breaks in attachment during this season and other parts of their life, but they're going to be triggered and we're going to be triggered more. So we need to be get this foundation of science under us and understanding of how attachment works so that as we move through this season, we can have more understanding of ourselves and what our children are going through. So let's start with some questions. What are the basics of attachment? Why do we need to know about attachment? Which I kind of answered a little bit of that just now. But what we're answering today is how do you repair breaks in attachment? Let me just tell you, I'm coming first from the view of an adoptive parent. We adopted a sibling group of four, but also I'm coming from the lens of a capital letter syndrome parent. Not to mention, I have a capital letter syndrome myself. I'm going to read you this quote. We adoptive parents often view our now, in quotes, life from our lens instead of our children's. We may see something like kids' church as a fun opportunity to learn more about the gospel, while our newly adopted kiddos see it as a huge scary room with lots of noise, lights, music, and strange kids, and no mom and dad. With all of that going on, the lesson of the day may not register. 
Children from an orphanage setting may even think it's another orphanage, which could set off a whole host of triggers. We must be careful to weed out the activities that will impede our newbie's attachment. Attachment is the primary goal. Anything that gets in the way of this goal must be ruthlessly eliminated from the schedule. So despite the stress, the questions, and being called into the pastor's office for questioning, our children sat with us in the sanctuary during kids' church for a season. And that's from my book, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos. So let me put that in perspective of the holidays, because that's what we're talking about. Attachment now, we're thinking about the holidays and our triggers and their triggers. And I talked about kids' church in that example, but think about a holiday celebration where there's music playing and there's laughter and talking and you're wearing an itchy sweater and and your kiddo's expected to smile and talk to aunts and uncles that maybe they've never met or maybe they don't feel comfortable being around, not because they're not nice people, just because it's sensory overload. We have to think about that. We have to make our decisions, like I said, ruthlessly. If they are going to create more breaks in our attachment and connection with our children, then we need to lessen those. We need to lessen the time that we're spending doing those things. Even if the whole world, your family culture, your church culture, Everybody else says this is important and you need to be there. Don't let that dictate your attachment with your children. You're in charge. And I'm preaching to the choir here. Okay. Attachment is the main goal for foster parents and adoptive parents. But maybe the question right now is before I get any further, well, what is attachment? I know it's gotten a lot more social media time and screen time. It's more out in the open now because we have attachment parenting, baby wearing. We're learning the importance of what attachment does for the brain. And that is so amazing. It's so wonderful. I'm so excited excited that that's kind of at the forefront now. But maybe your kiddos have already had breaks in attachment and you're sitting there thinking, okay, I know that they've had breaks in attachment. I've heard the words used in that order, but I'm really not even sure what the attachment cycle is. And in the show notes, I will share this graphic that I'm going to talk you through right now, which is the attachment cycle. It's very, very simple. The truth is what happens in the attachment cycle, it starts when the baby is born and the infant has a need. The infant expresses the need through crying because that's the only way the infant knows how to communicate at that point. And the parent or caregiver or guardian meets that need and the cycle is completed over and it's repeated over and over and over again. There's a need. The need is met. There's a need. The need is met. It's over and over and over again. Maybe the baby needs a diaper change. Maybe he needs to be fed. Maybe he wants to be held. 
and all of those things. And whenever the parent or guardian is meeting those needs, then you're completing the attachment cycle, which is actually growing the child's brain as well as meeting their emotional needs and their social needs, those mental needs. So realistically, most of the time, this happens without even thinking about it. Nobody's studying it or reading it. You know, you bring the baby home from the hospital and you just do those things. And you're always trying to figure out what does he want? What does he want? I remember saying that with all of my kids. What do you want? Until I started figuring out their cries and their schedules. Parents just do that. It's a natural, normal thing and a healthy attachment cycle is completed. And I think one of the reasons it's been on social media or on the news or on shows is because we have so many kiddos that have that attachment cycle broken now. So what happens is the infant expresses a need. Maybe he cries, he needs to change, he needs to be fed, and that need is ignored or not met. And then maybe it's met the next time. Then it's ignored again. And we call those breaks in attachment. And they're pretty serious. Now let me just pause here and say, if there's one moment that you can't get to your child right away and you don't meet their need right away, that all of a sudden there's this huge break in attachment. That is not what I'm talking about. We need to think about the severity and the frequency of the need not being met. And I can tell you some horrible stories, but there are other people's stories. So I will just generalize it where a child's need is not being met for days and weeks at a time they're being ignored they're being left in a soiled diaper they're hungry they're not fed their refrigerator is locked so that children can't get into it and feed themselves while they're alone in a house or they're locked in a closet i'm just generalizing a whole bunch of stories and putting them together and that is serious i'm not saying if your child is crying in another room and you can't get to them for you know five minutes because you're in the shower or whatever. I'm not talking about that. And sometimes parents without realizing it are causing a little bit of detachment with their infant. Not serious ones like I was just talking about that. So if this is you, don't freak out. It's not super huge. You can adjust this. You know, sometimes we parents leave the baby in the car seat all the time. Like when you get to church and the baby's asleep and you just want to leave them in the car seat. Yeah, once in a while, that's fine. Understandable. I did it myself. But it's better to hold your baby if you can. I'm not saying wake the baby up because I know how hard it is to get them to sleep. All right, moving on. Here's a myth I want to dispel. Holding your baby spoils them. We hear if you hold that child You're going to spoil them. That's kind of old school, traditional parenting. And I remember hearing that when my kids were little all the time, especially if I was holding even a toddler or a four or five-year-old when we were in in an uncomfortable environment for them and they were overwhelmed. For instance, when I was teaching at our homeschool group, um, oftentimes I would be holding a baby on one hip 
and sometimes a toddler on the other while I was teaching because it was overwhelming for them to be at homeschool group and to go to their own class at that time until they were more connected and attached to me. You can't spoil them that way. That is not spoiling them. And you can't spoil a six month by holding them. You could probably spoil them by stuffing candy in their mouth when they don't need candy, but that's a different story. Attachment means that a child's needs are being met by you. And so when you look at it in the adoptive scenario, like when we adopted our kids, they were seven, six, four, and one. They had already experienced many, many breaks in the attachment cycle. So with our primary goal being attachment, we needed to meet their needs. We can, I'm going to share tip number one. We can repair breaks in attachment. That is such good news. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, my kids have had severe breaks in attachment or minor breaks in attachment, or maybe I caused some breaks in attachment. You know, we can all raise our hands on, on some minor breaks in attachment that we have caused ourselves. We can just, you know, say that let's, let's admit to that either through our angry words or making our kids do things that were not necessarily great for them because other people pressured us. You have to be at this event. You have to do this thing. You have to follow these cultural norms, which who made those up anyway? So when it came to our kiddos first coming home, I needed to be the one that was feeding them food regularly, reading them stories and making them feel secure. Those are repairing actions. And when your child has experienced breaks in attachment, you have to go back in with a metaphorical putty and patch things over and over and over again. And some of the things are so simple, but I will promise you this, they are an investment. They are going to take your time. They're going to take your energy and they might even keep you cocooning at home for a period of time. And like I said, sometimes it's as simple as reading a book before bedtime or teaching your child nursery rhymes. I heard a story of a newly adopted family driving down the road. And this only makes sense if you know that they were just recently adopted and some of the bio kids started singing some nursery rhyme songs. And the new kiddos had never heard them. Never heard them. No one had ever taught them songs. No one had ever read them books. So they had to get out that medical, metaphorical putty and go back in and fill those gaps. And you can do those things. And I talk about that in 25 days of thriving through Christmas. My new kiddos, they knew one Christmas song and it was Jingle Bells. And they sang it all year, all year long. And they sang it in the car. So we sang it a lot. But one of the things that we did was we bought a Christmas carol book and we started singing through the Christmas carols. We would sing one a night during the Advent season. Did all the kids sing? No. Did some of them just sit on the floor and look at me like I was crazy? Yes. Do they know the songs now? Yes. But you know what? That was layer upon layer upon layer. And here's the thing. Just because your kids don't want 
to do something. I'm not saying you stand them up and force them to sing, but just because it's uncomfortable for them or it's new to them or it's strange to them doesn't mean you don't do it. You ease them into it. And the truth is some of my kids would just kind of sit in the corner and maybe by a couple years down the road, they would kind of mouth the words with us, but they wouldn't really look like they were participating. But now as adults, they remember those times as a great time. So there's that. Keep that in mind. And like I said, I'm not saying you jerk the kid to his feet and say, you are going to sing these Christmas songs. No, you just do it and do it with a smile on your face. Enjoy it. I'm only speaking from my experience. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you how to. I can tell you scientifically that breaks an attachment can be repaired, but I can't tell you how to do it. You figure out what works for your kiddo. So number two, children who struggle with attachment issues need time to attach to one or two parents. Otherwise, they will remain unattached yet superficially engaged with strangers. Been there, done that, seen that in my own family. They may look like happy-go-lucky, well-adjusted children in public, but in the privacy of their own home, they demand control. And why do they demand control? It's because it makes them feel like they have a voice and a choice. And they can, sometimes depending on their age, rule the household with anger, violence, and battles choreographed over insignificant things in order for them to feel in control of their environment. It's kind of a self-soothing. So I went from, you know, you're going to read them stories and you're going to try to sing songs and you're like, wait a minute, what my child is already in this battle of control. These children feel like they need to meet their own needs because they had to meet them early on. No one was there for them. They need to know that their needs will be met and they believe that they must meet them themselves. So they do. However, the way that they accomplish this is painful for the family. Maybe this sounds like you because when we talk about attachment issues, we want to attach to these kiddos and it can sound flowery and rainbowy and wonderful. Like we're sitting on the couch with them and snuggling with them. And maybe that's what you picture you were going to have in your home and you're getting the opposite. And you're wondering, how do I go back and repair? How do I get that putty and repair these problems? Well, you can. But it may look different for each child. And it may look different for each home because where you're starting may not be where someone else is starting. And if you need to get help, don't wait. Don't wait until the violence escalates and you can't handle it. Get help. That was my just, I'll just stop there and and if you're wondering like, well, wait a minute, what does this have to do with kiddos who have a capital letter syndrome? It does have a lot to do with them because there's breaks in attachment for them because they view the world through a different lens and their brains are wired differently. 
neurologically. They see things, they feel things, they um, process things differently than a neurotypical child. And the breaks in attachment could be because of their brain wiring, but it also could be because we don't understand what their needs are and how to attach to them. And I number three is so important. I'm going to move on to that one so I don't run out of time. We are not fixing the kids. The kids do not need to be fixed. We're fixing the attachment cycle. We're meeting their needs when they need to be met so they can feel more secure. And then once they have that secure base, they can venture more out into the world and they can feel like they can do more things without fear, without being triggered constantly. Right now, in this season, we're working on attachment and this is how it's supposed to be. Things got broken and we need to fix it. The attachment issues will only grow in severity if those repairs aren't made. And it's our job as parents to make those repairs, especially during this season. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, we parents, we may be suffering from seasonal depression or we may be triggered. You know, I just went to a memorial for a cousin of mine last weekend and it was so great to celebrate her amazing, wonderful life. She was an amazing woman, but it also triggered me because all of a sudden I thought there's another person who was very close to my mom and had memories of her that she could share with me that's gone because my mom has been gone from this earth for 26 years. And so I was very triggered. And I say in the Advent devotional, I've said it on here. If I hear an Amy Grant song, the songs we used to listen to around Christmas or smell cranberry orange bread, there are certain smells that all of a sudden I'll just start crying or certain sounds and music. So we're all triggered. So during this holiday season, we need to be focusing on hunkering down and attaching more because you may see some regression. We see regression in ourselves during this season. I was just texting a friend of mine the other day and we were both talking about how we're, we're feeling this, you know, this heaviness. And we struggle with these things during the holiday season because we have great memories. We have wonderful memories, but then we're triggered with other memories. And the same thing with our kiddos. Let me talk about capital letter syndromes and attachment for a minute before I finish up. So if you found this podcast on attachment and you don't foster kids and you haven't adopted children, but instead you have children with capital letter syndromes, this information applies to you as well. When it comes to capital letter syndromes, the very nature of them can cause breaks in attachment or lend themselves to other attachment styles. For instance, children with autism and their parents are, however, known at high risk, high risk of developing insecure attachment patterns. Kiddos with GAD, generalized 
anxiety disorder, yeah, left my brain there for a minute, are more likely to have anxious or disorganized attachment. Well, I don't have the time to go into every capital letter syndrome, SPD, ADHD, GAD, RAD, FASD, ASD. I mean, there's so many of them and more. All of these kiddos can be prone to breaks in attachment just because, like I said, their brains function differently. So stay tuned to this podcast because I'm going to talk about the four basic attachment styles in the coming weeks. Secure, avoidant, disorganized, and ambivalent. So I'll be covering that more. So let me just conclude with this. If your child has breaks in attachment, you certainly want to keep them at home with you as much as possible at first. And I'm looking, that was looking through the lens of adoption that I started with. I think Dr. Purvis recommended for the first three months, even if you have to quit your job for a season, and I know that sounds harsh, but you know what? The attachment issues will only grow in severity if those repairs aren't made. It's our job as parents to make those repairs. And also, during this holiday season, I will say, I'm not saying keep your kids at home all the time, but you need to monitor that. How much is sending them over the edge? How many outings can they handle? How many outings do they need to do? What do they need to participate in? What do they need? Because we don't want our kiddos to enjoy the holidays and have good memories of the holidays instead of memories of um, just being overwhelmed and afraid and unable to really enjoy things all the time. So if you have kids that are struggling with attachment issues and you're thinking, how am I going to manage this? I will honestly tell you it's minute by minute. It's day by day. But you also have to have this underlying purpose. And this is what I'm going to finish up with. I know I keep promising to finish up, but I have more to say. If your underlying and firm purpose, let's call it your God-sized dream. That was Holly Girth's term. Your God-sized dream for this season is to attach to your children and to repair those breaches. Even with your teens, this is a, the holiday season is a great time to repair those breaches. Get out your metaphorical putty and fill those holes. Then it becomes a bit easier to make those decisions because that's your job. It's your purpose. When you're making a decision about whether you're going to participate in this activity or if your kids are going to go to kids' church or this party, or if you're going to coach their team, or they're going to come to your class while you teach so they can be near you, then you go back to that God-sized dream and purpose. If it's to attach, then you ask yourself, is this activity going to help my kiddos attach during this season, or is it going to cause more breaks in attachment? And I will end with that. So thanks for joining me today. And like I said, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and it's already December, then this all still applies. But if you want to sign up for the seven day Advent challenge, 
You need to do that this week before Advent starts on November 27th. So thanks for joining me today and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find Trauma-Informed Parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.